0: Howdy folks, before the episode starts, I wanted to jump on here really fast and let you know that this episode was my first time ever recording with someone else in the same room as me, and the audio may not be as fantastic quality as I usually produce. I'm still getting the hang of recording and editing, but I had a lot of fun talking and recording with my younger brother, and I am excited for what is in store for the future of this podcast and your turn in general. All right, that is all I wanted to say. Thank you, and I'll talk to you later. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whenever you are joining me and tuning in to hear about one of the greatest hobbies in the world. I am your host, Zachary Anderson, and this is Your Turn, the podcast where I talk about board games, game mechanics, video games, and other nerdy culture things. For all of my returning listeners, welcome back. And to those of you tuning in for the first time, welcome, and please enjoy the episode. For this episode, I would like to welcome my second guest, Tucker Anderson, to the episode. Hello, hello. As you may be guessing, Tucker is my younger brother, and is a true video game wizard. Over the years, he and I have had different opinions about video games, and he will forever be better than I am at shooting games and most sports games, but let's face it, neither of us really play sports games.
1: Yeah, it still beat you, though, but yeah.
0: But I still highly value his opinion on the wonderful hobby, and he and I talk about video games all the time. Thank you. Once again, thank you for joining me, listeners and Tucker, and let's get to the games. On this episode, Tucker and I are going to be looking at different kinds of video games from single player to competitive multiplayer and finally co-op. But before we get to any of that, Tucker, uh, what would you say is uh, your first memory of video games?
1: Uh, I vaguely, vaguely remember playing, like, the old Super Mario Brothers on, like, the NES, but that's, like, so deep back there, I don't, I wouldn't call that really my strongest memory. The The first one I remember the most of was Pokemon Blue. Uh, we played, we had that on the Game Boy, just the Game Boy, not a Game Boy Advance, and it was, uh, I sunk so many hours into that game, um, possibly because it was a little bit easier and easy for a kid of my age to pick up, but, uh. That quickly got me sunk into the screens, I'd say.
0: Over your entire career of playing games, how many times would you say you've beaten Pokemon
1: Blue? Uh, Pokemon Blue, not so much. But, like, Pokemon, just in general, I've beaten the first three generations more than the rest. The one that I played the most out of was Pokemon Silver. Um, the second generation was, um. I think i got a little bit older and was able to kind of like play that one through like to completion more though than like blue where i had to get help from probably you or Clary to help beat some bosses or something um but from there I, I i would emulate the old games on my computer and i just played them over and over again again mostly the first two
0: generations well i can i can guarantee that if any of us did help you with blue Definitely wasn't Clary.
1: Yeah, it was probably
0: you. <laughs> Cause I don't think he's ever actually played a yeah. Pokemon game. Yeah, he wasn't. Not so much. He he was more Siphon Filter. Thank you, thank you. I, I I always love hearing about you know the past and hearing where you started with games versus where I started. Because again, I think you know for me, one of them when I think about you know, playing games years, many years ago, I definitely do think of Mario, um, and cheating and going through the warp pipes mm-hmm. because. Why not? Strategy.
1: They put it there for a reason. Like, like, it's not cheating if the if the developers intend
0: it to be used. I mean, even playing um, uh, Warcraft, I, I always got the rank of cheater. <laughs> but, I mean, like, video games were were very new
1: to our, our generation still, and so, like, to learn how to beat them sometimes took a little bit extra, either time and commitment that we didn't have or the patience that we didn't have, yeah. so, you know. To enjoy it, if you got to put in some cheat codes, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Alright, so let's get to talking about the topic in general. And we're going to start off with single player. Uh, and to those of you that are listening that might not know what exactly we mean when we say single player games, we mean that you are playing these games by yourself. There is no option for a second player. There is no option for multi-people It is just you and the game. Um, These come in all different shapes and sizes, from games like The Witcher to Fire Emblem, which I know that you have enjoyed quite a bit, Tuck, um, to our first actual game, Pokemon, one that you have already lovingly uh, introduced for us. So, I gotta start off with a very important question, and you've kind of already touched on it. But what would you say is your favorite generation of Pokemon?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think I did say it already. The the second generation, the Pokemon Silver and Gold? No, that one I, I, I started picking up when I was seven or eight. Uh, and so I was a little bit, like I said, older and able to play the entire game and kind of explore my own creativities with it. Like, I didn't choose the same starters, I think, that... that you or Addy would nope. choose. I would nope, probably nope, nope. choose the, the thir- you know the third option that was there just because you guys hadn't chosen it, um, but that kind of, I think was always part of the fun with Pokemon was you know you have the ability to catch them all but you're also building your team of yeah friend like furry little friends, <laughs> um, and so uh, the ability to kind of I don't know pick your pick your favorite looking one and make him your badass ultimate fighter was was always my appeal. Taking the, you know, the little electric sheep and making him a badass fighting llama. That or never, can...
0: that never really made sense to me how Mareep goes from the dinky little sheep that always, in my opinion, sucked to, I think it's Amphros. Please don't yell at me, people that are listening. I'm not entirely sure. I think it's Amphros though. Yeah. But that thing was, A, wasn't a sheep anymore, and B, wrecked house
1: well that's the joy that's the joy of of i think pokemon in general was that like you s- so much of the characters i guess the pokemon the characters you could say
0: um i'd say they're characters. they
1: start out as pretty normal not so normal in the most recent generations but as far as the original ones they're pretty normal objects or creatures that have been uh creatively evolved from there and so like you re- you start with a fire lizard and then you get a fire dragon those ones are less creative but um you have a bulbasaur an onion pod or a something sort of plant uh that turns into a salad after, <laughs> after turns, three evolutions turns or into a weird giant and then you have toad. the tank turtle that that just wrecks house so it's the the it gets young audiences or, like, new audiences attach really easily with things that you kind of recognize, but then the joy begins of just, you know, exploring the world and doing whatever you want to make that happen.
0: And beating up as many stupid rats as you can. Because rats rat... and birds
1: and caterpillars. <laughs> yeah, they have a... <laughs> Pokemon was kind of just pest control for the first A little bit, a little yeah. bit.
0: I think the, the one that I think always cracked me up was, at least in that first generation... You know, you got you got your Ratatata, you got your Pidgeys, you got your Ponyta, and then it's almost like they ran out of creatures to use because then they give you Voltorb and Electrode that are just Pokeballs that well, I, explode.
1: <laughs> I think they were somebody thought they were being creative, like oh, let's make one that's that mimics you know the things that you use to catch them, right? That's kind of cool, but then you realize it's it's just a ball. It's ah. it's all it is is a circular sort of, a circle, and so it's not as interesting as, you know, even the little cat that you find Meowth or something. Oh <laughs> Meowth!
0: I remember watching the show; that Meowth was so cool. But then you played in the game, and you're just like, oh, just die already! I when don't, they, I they, don't want you on my team.
1: When they don't talk, when they're not that really specific annoying character from the show, you don't care. Even though you don't like them in the show really, but you still aspire to have that annoying talking Meowth in the game.
0: But I mean, and and so that that brings up a interesting point of when choosing your Pokemon, whether it's a starting Pokemon or just creating your team, when you have caught a good number of them, what kind of things go through your mind of of who you want to bring with you? I mean, you can only carry six at any given time, and you mentioned um, you know the looks of these Pokemon, but at what point do you really start thinking about strategy? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Bulbasaur, but, you know, early game, that's great strategy. But by the time you get to, I think, Blaine is the last... Or the the seventh gym leader or whatever in the original. He's a fire dude. And Venusaur can only do so much well, against that's, a fireman.
1: That's where the team building comes in. And, like, I think initially, you know, when you when you start and you're presented with three different random pokemon not random but three different starting pokemon that are selected for you and you get to choose one of them it's kind of just based on looks like i know when i first played it was the fire pokemon because the fire ones were the cooler ones you know a little fire lizard or a fire shrew whatever cinderella was (laughs) oh yeah Um, but there's also it, it wasn't taken into account initially like when i first played but there is some strategy to like choosing your starters in the original generations there's i think it's the first two maybe even the first three generations but there's just not the abundance of fire pokemon is is so much less than uh, in more recent generations and so like choosing charmander or Cyndaquil whereas um it could kind of be a hindrance in the beginning where you have to strategize a little bit more and maybe choose a Pokemon, uh, catch a second Pokemon that might be able to help you get through the first gym yeah. rock you I mean, a rock versus fire wasn't very good, but it never ended well. Um, that's where once you kind of get through the first stages, you get a little bit more freedom of, of choosing the ones you like and combining them with other ones that might fit into beating certain gyms or certain uh, areas better. Uh, um, but I think, with the, especially with the slogan slash goal to catch them all, it's at some point it really is just what team, what which team do you want to look the coolest? Which team yeah. do you want to be the coolest? Yeah. Do you want to go beat the elite four with all, you know, a team of Magikarps? You can.
0: <laughs> it's uh, gonna take you forever. Yeah. Well, it's splash splash.
1: Just get them high enough and them, teach them some TMs. You can do it.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure someone has done a, a run of just Magic Oh, uh,
1: people with Game Shark, I'm sure have I've made plenty of Magic runs, or Magic are shooting flamethrowers and whatnot.
0: I mean, I could. We could talk forever about Pokemon. Um, I think the thing that that bummed me out was because we originally had Pokemon Red. That's the one I bought. Um, I know you ended up getting Blue, but in Red. And again, this is what I remember. This was years ago. I'm pretty sure in red, you couldn't get Growlithe. You could get Ponyta, but not Growlithe. Whereas in blue, was the opposite. And I remember at the time thinking, man, why would I want this stupid fire horse when I can have a cool fire dog? As I've gotten older and I've watched playthroughs of the game finding out that rapidash is one of the best pokemon because it is one of the fastest like, oh mm-hmm. strategy
1: oh well, and both and to that point of earlier there's you know there's not a lot of certain types of pokemon like fire pokemon and then they even make it harder making it so you have to pick you, know, you have to pick uh, you get one per you know only one occurs in which type of game and so you either have to have a friend and the cable to be able to trade Cross game, which was very difficult in the late 90s, early 2000s, but was doable. Um, Or, like I said, strategize earlier and pick Charmander.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Charmander. Fun games, fun games. Um, But there is another kind of... I mean, as I've said, there's so many different kinds of solo games or single-player games. Um, But there's another one that... I mean, you and I have... Pokemon in common. We both play it. You definitely play it more than I do. Um, Though I am doing an Emerald run still. (laughs) I now have two Pokemon. uh, And I beat the third gym uh, just barely. Uh, Brawley definitely... Touched them all. I'm trying to be smart. Um, But there's one series that I've tried to get into. Or not one series, but one genre that I've tried to get into that I just can't. And I think it's because I don't have the patience. But that is... I, the best I could say is sandbox world building games like games,
1: yeah.
0: Valheim and and Minecraft. Um, for our, any listeners that don't know what kind of games these are, and yes, Clary, I'm talking about you. Uh, can you give a, a brief explanation of what are these games like? What is a survival sandbox game?
1: They give you if you're lucky at limited resources like you have a a, just a world of resources in which you can gather from um and generally some sort of um environmental bad guys that kind of make it harder for you to just exist but the whole point is just to build whatever you want um there is some sort of story to like a minecraft and a valheim but uh, you can talk to the majority of the players who play them and they're really just you know building whatever they want whatever they can Mm -hmm. think of there's um the amount of creativity that people will pour into a minecraft and valheim's a bit newer so there's not as much going on yet in Valheim. but there people are getting there i promise um but like people will spend days building live um Two scale models of like New York City in Minecraft, or like what's it called, Minas Tirith from
0: Lord of the Rings. Like people with blocks, because everything with squares. In the, yeah, well, everything in the game is
1: squares. Yeah, I mean it. it gets it's all. At that point, it's you're all you're, you're you're building it pixel by pixel, and if you're thinking about it that way, and there's you can get even further into like a game like Minecraft where you can build essentially an emulator of minecraft inside minecraft and play minecraft in minecraft Um, because you are playing in a world in which you can build really anything and minecraft has become so vast with the oh i don't forget what it's called the the red dust stuff it's what energizes all the stuff in minecraft but that's you know i've seen people make almost inception level layers of minecraft within minecraft within minecraft and it's ridiculous uh but it's 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 fun and it's enticing because you get to just do whatever you want you can you know i i'm playing i'm playing this, i have a server with my buddy gabe uh, in valheim and and we just build a boat sail to new island and build a mansion and then do it at the next place and the next place there's again like i said there's some story to it and you can you yeah. know strategize i suppose but it's really just resource gathering and Getting your skills better and building as much as you can and, you know, learning all the different things you can build. The possibilities are endless.
0: That sounds, A, exhausting. (laughs) B, very time-consuming, but sounds like you really need a lot of patience.
1: You do.
0: Um... And at least some level of creativity that I don't necessarily have.
1: Well, that's the fun with Minecraft is they've taken away so much of that need for creativity because you're just playing with squares. You're just playing with blocks. So anyone can make a block house out of blocks. It's not too hard. Whether or not you get more complex from there is on you. Um, But no, you definitely have to have some sort of vision for what you want to build or have Mm. a scene built in the end. Or else, no, you're going to lose motivation within the first ten minutes because when you realize that you've gathered... 10 stacks of wood and that's still not even a third of what you need for your whole build you realize that you're going to be sinking uh you realize why it's called a survival game why it's a why it's a world building game is you it's just like in real life you have to go find the resources and spend the time to gather them oh god but it's fun like i said the 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 possibilities being endless is what drives people to kind of keep going back and um when you play with other people because it's not it's it's a solo game but it is also like I said I I play with my buddy Gabe you can play by yourself build things by yourself or you can have somebody else to help you gather resources and help you add another brain to building you know the roof or the bridge or whatever you're building because I know I'm not an architect but other people are
0: so would you say that at least some of these so Valheim and Minecraft those are the main two that you've played would you say that they are better with another player or with someone else
1: they have
0: their moments sometimes you know I'll come home from work
1: and i won't want to do anything i don't have a whole lot of energy to do a lot so i'll just sit down and kind of aimlessly gather berries and wood and you know maybe tend berries. to tend to the farm that i've built in my in uh, valheim um but then there's other days where it's like i want to I want to get more done, or I want to kind of uh, make it the exploration side of it easier on myself, and I will want to play with somebody else, because then it just, you know, someone's got your six, they can Mm -hmm. watch that you're back for enemies, but also gather twice as much resources, Um, so for a game like that, it depends on what your goal is, Mm -hmm. if you're trying to build one, then yeah, you want friends, but if you just want to live in the peaceful pseudo world that you've built, that's, you know. So many people play that game by themselves, and the music has been tuned almost for that reason, to just keep people in a serene little, like I said, pseudo-world.
0: And it's interesting that you say, you know, survive in your pseudo-peaceful world, um, because I know other games of the same genre, Subnautica, No Man's Sky, Rust, I think the Exiles of Conan, I think is another, mm-hmm. or just Conan... So many um, of them are
1: adding that survival they're adding, They're
0: it. adding it's that, crafting. but they also, especially with Subnautica, I know that's a game neither, neither you or I would never touch, because we both have the fear of things in the water. They're adding an element of, like, danger. Like, I know that there's that love, There is, you know, there's Creepers and Endermen in Minecraft, and there's goblins and whatnot in Valheim that can kill you, but... You look at a game like Subnautica, and it's, oh, I'm swimming around. I'm swimming in the ocean. And, oh, look, here's a giant Leviathan-esque thing, and I just got eaten. And when that shows up, folks, I am running away from my computer because I'm terrified.
1: I just don't download it in the first place.
0: (laughs) But then there's, you know, you and I discussed a while ago the game Raft Mm -hmm. that neither of us could really figure out because, at least in... We haven't played it. <laughs> in Valheim and Minecraft, you're on land. You're on, you know, I need to go harvest they a tree. You, they so give go, you a planet. And... Go to, you know, I'm going to go to the forest. In Raft, you're the end of the movie Castaway. You're yeah, you, stuck you, on a raft in the middle out of the water. On like
1: a pallet size raft and you have to just build off of it. And I'm not quite, and again, I haven't played it, but I'm not quite certain as to whether or not you stop places and actually you know stop on land and resource gather or if you just if you if you pick up driftwood and add it from that or if, like the creatures of the sea bring it to you i'm <laughs> hoping for messenger sharks sharks or sea turtles with wood strapped to their backs i don't know See, my question, if they don't do it they should consider it because that's a fun idea
0: my question would be if, if in the game raft there are islands. Why would you ever get back on the raft? <laughs> Just build your raft mansion on the land now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go back into the water. There are scary things. And then
1: you have Valheim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has to have some sort of unique aspect yeah. to it. Yeah.
0: I, folks, I know that people love that game. I have some friends who absolutely adore Raft. Again, I'm not going to download it because, A... I don't like that kind of game. And B, there's scary things in the water. Like, I, we played um, Sea of Thieves, and I'd fall in the water, and I'd be like, and Zach needs to get out of the water.
1: All the seafaring games are adding sea monsters nowadays, and I don't know. People like it. People that are afraid of the ocean don't like it. <laughs>
0: no, it's terrifying. There's scary things in there. It's not
1: real life, though, so it's 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 de- I can deal with it in some games. It's
0: I hard. will say, playing Sea of Thieves... Uh, and hearing the sound, like the music that starts playing when the Kraken or when Ghost Pirate show up, it's like, and stress through the roof, (laughs)
1: and we're gonna die,
0: (laughs) and we're all dead. All right, but our second kind of genre of games, and we kind of already started to touch on it, is uh, multiplayer, specifically competitive. You playing against one other person or 50 other people, or in... A game called, I think it was called Mag, you would play with 255 other mm. people. That game did not last long.
1: Ba- battlefield, You can make Battlefield for that, for making servers so big.
0: Um. But this this is a genre of games that, again, I don't really play very much because most of those games are shooters, and I'm not good at those, um, or at least the multiplayer ones. But I know that you've played at least a semi-decent number of them uh what's the appeal uh
1: usually shooting things generally um <laughs> <laughs> competitive multiplayer you're usually talking about first person shooters uh, there are other competitive multiplayer games but usually it's people running around with a gun in their hands shooting the bad guy to some capacity pew, pew. um i've played halo call of duty battlefield just like the rest of us um i think those are the bigger i'd say those are the big three yeah shooter ones um but no i mean i played more of it when i was a teenager but but the appeal is that you and you your friends get to go generally you're playing with a squad of friends if you're lucky and you're just running rampant taking out the bad guys in whatever way you can halo definitely had more of a story that encapsulated people in the world of halo Um, i know my best friend gabe is uh
0: the master he's, chief. Yes,
1: he's infatuated with not only the the, the lore and the gameplay, but also the uh, you know, running around and beating up people in the Spartan armor. Um, but hey,
0: apparently in the new one, I saw a video about it. You have a grappling hook now,
1: yeah, which just
0: feels weird for it's a cool superhero.
1: There's, it's it's a common um, it's it's, it's a common theme a in games now. Terrain
0: traversal, right, right.
1: They had a jet pack. Now they have grappling hooks i either one i think are more fun but call of duty and i uh, battlefield was my, my preferred one over call of duty yeah. call of duty was you could play with friends but i feel like most people was a solo people would pick it up just to play a death match real fast and shoot a bunch of guys and you know make their gun a little shinier
0: or in my case get shot a whole bunch or, of yeah unless
1: <laughs> if you're yeah you're, if you're not a good player you either just get Abuse the entire time <laughs> verbally and physically, uh, or you you know use that to fuel yourself to get better and uh,
0: you find a little hole and shoot, hide there. Shoot
1: back, yeah, no. But I, I played a lot of Battlefield. I was more of the medic character, so my Support. my my score was more in the reviving people rather than killing people, which added a very fun aspect to the game. You, people would. A sniper would snipe my teammate, and half a second after he hit the ground, he'd be right back up, shooting back, because I'm sitting there with just, I never have my gun out. All I'm holding is my defibrillators, just running around driving people.
0: I remember watching you, and I think it was Gabe and Tyler playing, but it was quite a while after you guys had gotten into Battlefield, yeah, battlefield. and I think Gabe was driving a jeep and you were just running around putting C4 on the G. So
1: that was the fun thing and like in games like that was when the game designers would actually think about the physics a little bit more of the world you're playing in and either make it more realistic or less realistic to, uh, for whatever kind of aspect they were aiming for but no we would we would take advantage of the fact that if you were, if someone was still in the vehicle when you exploded a vehicle C four, it wouldn't actually destroy the vehicle. It would, the pe- person would keep it from from blown up. What? Uh huh. And so we would, uh, the driver who would have the C four detonator would drive as fast as they could, ram into a tank, jump out at the last second, blow up the C four, which would blow up the tank, and then jump back in the the car driving away with your buddy. <laughs> Usually the buddy would jump back out and throw more C4 on <laughs> and go troll another tank. It was so much fun. Uh, I'm sure we made so many enemies.
0: <laughs> well, you made them, and then you spread their pieces all over the place. But one thing I've noticed over the last few years with these multiplayer games is we see these companies making games with the sole purpose of multiplayer. Like Halo... Yes, there's been multiplayer for Halo since its origins. Halo parties all the time. I didn't start playing... Land parties. Land parties. Um, I didn't start playing those until senior, you know, high school age. But there was still a story. And I remember playing through those stories with, you know, John. But now... You, we have these games coming out, whether it's Call of Duty or Battlefield or Halo, and it seems like companies are putting all of their time, all of their effort into the multiplayer. Basically saying, you know, screw you to a good story. We just, we know that people want to play multiplayer.
1: Yeah, it does almost seem like they're doing it intentionally nowadays. Um,. Like, I know Halo Infinite, the newest Halo game that just came out, they released the multiplayer first for free um, because that was what was done first. I mean, the, you, you'd hope that it's because they're spending more time to make the story decent and, and the way they want it. Um, but they know that their main audience is people playing the multiplayer, and no. so that's what they're going to release first. And games like Call of Duty even more so will design a story that's maybe two and a half hours three hours of gameplay um and then right to the multiplayer they'll sometimes even tie in like multiplayer mission kind of things to the story so that they're almost directing you right to the multiplayer once you're done with the story um but i know like i said with halo that that's it's the story that drew people in at first and like For the old Call of Duties, for those of you that love Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2, that's, you know, I've seen grown men cry over the story of Modern Warfare 2. Um, And nowadays, it's really just, you're lucky if you get a story, and if you do get one, it's probably just a a retelling of an older story, or they're changing very minute details of an old story. It doesn't feel very different than the old games.
0: I think it was Modern Warfare 1 that the start of the game, you know, the first level was in like an airport or something like that, where you shot up an airport pretending to be a terrorist. And I mean, to this day, you go look at lists on YouTube of controversial levels in video games, and that one's still right up at the top. And you don't ever hear that about you know the, the more recent Call of Duty games. No one... You know, talks about Call of Duty, Infinite Warfare, or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. where, you know, Jon Snow shows up. It's, no one ever talks about those. They talk about, you know, oh, here's the latest thing of Warzone. Right. And you, do you remember the, how good the here's story the newest,
1: was? Here's the newest skin for the gun that you can get in no. the multiplayer or whatever. It's all about hats. <laughs> different, different apparel
0: that you can get. How many different skins you can wear, or... Uh, the it, it seems to be not as popular anymore, but for a while, the big one was hero shooters class based games. I remember Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, uh, that one was it didn't get traction and then all of a sudden just jettisoned up, and everyone was talking about whatever classes you played. I played that game twice, folks, and I think I died like yeah, 70,000 times. I had a buddy who was really into it. And-
1: it was, I like to be able to create, start start with my own character, not just play a face that they've designed for me.
0: I still own it. I just don't play it. Um, but then there's a whole nother side of kind of first person shooter competitive games that I don't know if they're starting to lessen. They were a huge deal for a couple of years there. And I guess they're still kind of popular. And that's Battle Royales. You know, Fortnite. Apex Legends, which I guess is still a thing.
1: They're all they all exist to some extent still.
0: Uh Warzone, I just recently saw something on Steam talking about PUBG is now going free to play or whatever and I was like, "Oh, cool, that's still around."
1: Battle Royale games are fun. I definitely it's the I feel like it was the natural progression from like a deathmatch, team deathmatch style game to everybody deathmatch. <laughs> rather, yeah, rather than two teams or three teams, you have 25 teams of four or 50 teams of two
0: or a hundred teams of one (laughs) and then
1: obviously if you're playing online with with multiple people you have to reel them in somehow you can't just let them all run rampant or else the game will never end so you have to the whole idea of adding the, the safe zone that shrinks um i thought was a very it was a very cool idea at first but um they got they got done in too much too fast apex and fortnite and warzone it's all they're all kind of doing the same gimmicks now they all have a a shrinking circle but then they also have like random other little circles that are nuke zones or or gas zones or something and fortnite started with marvel for a while doing like you know thanos's ship had crashed down and you it was all kinds of weird stuff but they're fun games they just it takes out a little bit of the oh, I, I don't know if i'd say skill but like i have know i have beaten battle royale games and done nothing just kind of run around and played the circle well enough to where i'm hiding in the right spots and end up being the last of five
0: guys and then just
1: shoot the guy who's shooting the other guy and then i win
0: <laughs> i mean i i played a little bit of Warzone. I played Apex for a very, very short time. Uh, you know, my students are always trying to get me to play one of them. I mean, so, so I can't really give too much of a, a review for them because they just weren't my cup of tea or I didn't give them too much of my time. But it just felt, as you said, the natural progression, but also the natural progression of toxic communities. I mean, I know that you play one of them with Gabe, right, or one of your other buddies.
1: Uh, I've yes, I've played, I've played multiple.
0: But so with me, you know, I played Warzone with my buddy David, but I played Apex by myself. And playing by yourself, you're still going to be put on a squad, and I got called every inappropriate name in the book at least twice, mostly by like eight year olds. Yeah. And after being called words that I refuse to say on this podcast seven times in three minutes i, I kind of just you know and done and uninstall and go to my happy place
1: <laughs> yeah with with the battle royale games especially when you're put into a trio regardless or a duo regardless like you're forced to either make friends or deal with the consequences yeah. of being bad but also it's just become the culture in multiplayer games that you're hiding behind a screen and if you see somebody who's not doing as well as you most people lose their humanity a little bit and just you know ream somebody rather than here's like, all the off inappropriate off
0: words i know yep let's just say them all at the same time
1: younger children learn them earlier and they don't know any, anything else as far as arguing so they just yeah. yell to see rich
0: as much as i hate hearing those words hearing a you know prepubescent kid voice crack Screaming these obscenities at you. It is a little funny. As you just... And I'm done. And you're gone. Go have dinner with your mom. (laughs) Go do your math homework. I get that people like these games. And to them I say, fantastic. Like them. Enjoy them. They're not my cup of tea. But that moves us now to my cup of tea and the games that I actually like the most. And I would argue they might be your favorite kind of games. That's... Cooperative games. Games that you are working with one other person, two other people, towards some common goal. Usually, keyword usually, against a computer opponent. Um, not against, you know, the angry guy down the street. Um, would you agree? Do you think co op would be your favorite type of game?
1: Yeah, it's. You get to share, you get to explore whatever world you're playing, but you're not, kind of like I said earlier, someone's got your six, you got someone to kind of help you out and share half the responsibilities and um, at least half make sure you're still alive. For a casual gamer, I think they're probably one of the more favorites because you you just get to go explore with friends.
0: And there's one that you and I recently, I'd say within the last, what, two months? Three months? Mm -hmm. You and I beat this game? Yeah. Uh... And it's called It Takes Two. Um, now, will you please explain to our listeners here, what is, without giving any spoilers away, uh, what is It Takes Two? It is a
1: fun, weird game. Uh, you, the dynamics of the game is very interesting because only one person has to own the game. I'll start with that. Um, one person owns it, and then they can just send an invite to whomever. Um, To be the second player, because it takes two. You have to have a second player. You have to have a second player, you can't play solo. But you are playing through a failing relationship. You are a husband and a wife who are about to go through a bad divorce with their daughter around, and their daughter finds some magic puerto rican love book or something that <laughs> dr hakeem doctor oh yes yeah i don't i don't know if it was it felt they racist they were definitely playing some like kama sutra jokes i think but it, it was this magic love book that turned mom and dad into dolls and the game was you were running around these crazy courses that were just your home in your backyard as these dolls to discover the power of love slash turn yourself back into humans um, it was very interesting, very weird. It got kind of weirder at every turn. Some turns were way darker than others, but um, fun game. Definitely, like, the style of gameplay was fun. The like, kind of strategic, puzzle-y... You have to utilize your partner to be able to get through the puzzles.
0: Because um, it takes two.
1: Very, very fun, but very odd choice of subject matter.
0: <laughs> I want to point out, folks, that there were... I think there's about eight chapters to the game... And every chapter, you have different powers. Both players get a power, but they're always different. A key example is right in the beginning. So I played as the husband. His name was Cody. I had the ability to throw a nail. Whereas Tucker, who played as May, I think her name was. Yes, Cody and May. She had a hammer and could use it to swing off of the nails or something like that but every chapter you had a new special ability which which again was very unique
1: and kind of it made it very it made the puzzles different and interesting each time which kept you playing the game regardless of how weird things got
0: it got weird yeah uh what would you say was your favorite power or favorite section of the game
1: one of the later chapters you discover that like cody the husband tried to start a garden and failed (laughs) miserably or something and so now you have to go break into the greenhouse and destroy this plant that has gone bad like like anthropomorphized and now is fighting you in the garden Um, it was creepy yeah, it was very fun because you, I was in control. You're like a spray bottle, I had didn't a, you? Yeah, I had like a water bottle, and and Zach, you could turn into a you you would go up to random plants and turn into that plant, and I would kind of use the water to do various things with your yeah. plant. Like there was one where you would turn into grass, and we had to sneak yeah. sneak past sleeping moles, and the, the grass softened your footprints or whatever so that was
0: weird before.
1: very fun it was very like, inventive it was a, yeah something like i've never seen in the game before like it was fun silly scary all at the same time because nah. you're walking around moles that don't actually fight you ever so it's not
0: but there there was before we had to sneak past the moles we did have to run away from them and that was terrifying
1: yeah very indiana jones-esque running away from the boulder
0: Very Michael Bay, slow motion, random explosions. I like that. That level was very, very enjoyable. Again, very weird. Um, But there's one, and again, I don't mean to be giving any spoilers, but you're in a snow globe, and you have the power of magnetism. Each person has a different side of a magnet. So it's all about attraction and repelling, and it was absolutely beautiful. The sound design was amazing. Luckily, that was one of the less dark parts of the game. And you got to do some fun, like, skiing stuff. But then there were other parts where you had to try and make your daughter cry with one of their stuffed animals.
1: Stuffed animals, yeah. With so many video games nowadays, like, you're either going to overlap in content or you have to come up with your own content. So I'll give them props for being unique. But who wants to play through it? Crippling divorce. <laughs> like, yeah, that's kind of yeah. odd. Yeah.
0: I I would definitely. I enjoyed playing it with you. It was very very fun, uh, and I loved having that experience of of you and I going through it together. Even though it was weird that we were playing as a husband and wife going through a divorce, but at least for me, I don't think I could honestly recommend that game to someone. Because it, it
1: unless you're going through a divorce, then it might help. Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe. Right. I Can would speed it up. I
0: would <laughs> I would I would probably recommend to go to through actual therapy first. Don't take Um, advice from a Magic Love book. Yes. um, That you really can't tell if he's supposed to be Spanish or from the Middle East or or Portugal or somewhere. It was weird. Okay, there was one more co-op game that I wanted to talk about really quick, and it's not uh, Tales of Symphonia, because that's one that you, Clary, and I are going to talk about together. But it's another game that you and Clary played i'm gonna argue or guess three to seven times because you guys played it a bunch Mm -hmm. and that's champions of norath return to arms can you tell us a little bit about that game
1: yeah it was a early 2000s mid 2000s something like that it was a dungeon crawler similar to like diablo or i guess divinity original sin if you're familiar um where you it's an rpg role-playing game where you choose a race and a class of character and then you take that character and then move it through whatever world it is performing whatever you have to in this game there's some sort of dark evil um you know that is taking over the land of norath i do believe is the continent um and or the world or whatever and you have to go from like realm to realm ridding it of the evil that's there and like collecting something and then taking it back to um some good guy but the fun thing about that game and a lot of games have done it since um is the idea that like different actions have different consequences and then those will kind of shape the way the game ends so the reason why i played it at least three times was because there was at least three different endings where you can either side good side bad or i think some combination of both of them
0: side neither yeah everybody dies
1: but i remember the first time we beat it speed it normally went through the you know save the world and fought the big bad guy at the end Uh, but then the second playthrough like we noticed there was this character at the end of each level or something that was like extra creepy and dark or something that you could talk to him and you could give him the item instead of the main yeah. guy and then eventually he was like hey you know we have enough now we can summon something and or we need you to go kill the other guy that was giving you missions we need you time. to kill the good guy which uh, of course because we had already beaten the, the good playthrough we were why not let's go do that one um but they you know the designer's they don't just make it an alternative ending, they make it, like, it's it's a different ending. Like, if, if you're going to go evil, you have to fight the good guy, who's was originally supposed to triumph over that evil, so he's harder to beat than the other guy. So we had a difficult time fighting him. I can't remember what his name was, Mithras, or something like that. Um, Not Mithrix. that's from Risk of Rain. But, uh, <laughs> something similar to that. But he... We didn't even beat him. We we had like these summon things. I the would, badger. Yeah, I would summon a floating ghost hammer, and <laughs> Clary would summon a badger, and the the mechanics of the game was such that you know if we were still on the play the field of play, the bad guy would attack us rather than our minions, and so we would just run away as fast as we could from the from the bad guy, and let the badger. And bite at his heels and the hammer, smack him in the head very, very, very slowly until we eventually killed him. Um, proud, not necessarily <laughs> of how we did it, but that we did
0: it. <laughs> not the most honorable yeah. victory, but it's a victory. It counts. And I think this is one of the things that makes, you know, gaming so enjoyable, is having games that you can replay and there be some sort of difference. You know, whether it's a different ending Or different choices you make. I mean, you said that you could choose from races and classes. So being able to, I don't quite remember if you could do this in that one, but mix and match. You could. Being, you know, a a reptilian wizard versus a human ranger or whatever. Um, So having these abilities to, you know, hey, I finished this, you know, 20, 30 hour game. And now I want to replay it as someone else or something else. Uh, and see is it easier is it more difficult um i know there's been a few games that i've played that you know my brain was immediately i'm going to be you know the the melee guy only to find out on my second playthrough man using a bow is a lot easier cuz i could stand over here and just pelt you
1: yeah and i think that's partially like very clever by in the game designers um corner because you know they don't have to replay the, remake the game, but they change you know, small things, and then they're gonna get another 20-30 hours out of you just because you're a you know a female elf from the forest this time rather than a city elf or whatever. Games like you know uh, Dragon Age Origins is kind of designed for that specific thing of you know you can choose whatever character you choose has a specific origin, and then that will affect the gameplay um, to some extent. Um but in game I know, in, in games like a uh, Minecraft or a Valheim or even like a Pokemon where you've just sunk so many hours into it and you've kind of made it the best it can be. You either beat the Elite Four a billion times and caught them all, or you've you know, built the biggest castle in Minecraft and Built you, you can't go around a different corner without finding a new you know, one of your creations. Uh you know, sometimes you just want to Try something different. Maybe you didn't beat it all the way through. Like, I know I've played uh, Pokemon playthroughs where I've I've gotten so far and then decided, no, I didn't I, I didn't want to do it this way. So it's more refreshing for me to just restart and kind of begin anew rather than you know, find a different corner of my world and start something different there. Um, but I think games that kind of design themselves so that restarting or replaying is only furthering you in your your endeavor to
0: explore everything in the game i think that's
1: great i think games that can be played for 20 30 50 hours is
0: yeah for me it definitely scratches that itch of you know that some board games give me of for example and i played x amount of hours as this one specific kind of character I really want to know how this guy, what you know, someone else would do in the same scenarios. Now I realize with D&D that's very different because someone else is having to play the story and you're probably not gonna play the same story twice. Right, right. But you know, I have games on my shelf like Gloomhaven or Massive Darkness, where you do have these access to new characters and you're gonna go through the same scenarios seeing how it works out. So that's always really, really enjoyable. Okay, I have two more questions for you. First is having played, I mean, you've played video games, I would argue, since probably six or seven. Okay, very young age. Um,
1: almost forever.
0: Almost forever. Almost forever. Um, you took a nice little break there for about a week. What impact or influence has video games had on your life overall?
1: It... For me, it is where I get most of my creative juices out. I am not a like a painter or a sketch artist nope that's a, Abby or a writer or something um getting to take a pre either a preset character or building your own character and taking you know just running with it doing whatever you want whatever um the world the creator has kind of built for you and just you know, doing whatever you want with no consequence that was um for me uh, the escape of the world you know to, to to get away and go run after dragons for a bit rather than
0: get back here dragons. Dealing,
1: dealing with the everyday you know mole of life um but no if i didn't have video games growing up i maybe would have spent more time outside, but I think I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had the imagination I have today without the ability to kind of like, like, like I said, play through someone else's artwork and their world and their story and stuff.
0: Thank you. Thank you. All right. And last question, are there any games? Cause the year just started 2022. Are there any games coming out this year or maybe the next few years, that you are looking forward to. No, I'm
1: swearing off video new games.
0: You heard it right here first, folks. Tucker Anderson is done with video games. No. He's going to go live in the wilderness with chipmunks. And
1: emulators. No, I'm not not done with video games. And Uh, emulators. uh, This year, I'm looking forward to the new borderlands game it's not a technically a borderlands game but it's tiny tina's wonderland i think what it's called yes. and it's it's a spin-off of a dlc they did downloadable content uh, that they did for borderlands 2 um in that dlc you're playing just like a Dungeons and Dragons story of tiny tina's who's a crazy character in the game um, she's nuts and it was a huge hit it was you know borderlands as we know it but also so much different and more creative than we would ever seen and now they're doing a whole game of just that kind of weird fantastical shoot 'em up world it'll be very interesting um that'll be fun it's it'll be fun just because borderlands are fun co-op games but also it'll be a fun world to explore um and then other than that there's another game that i haven't looked much into but looks really
0: interesting uh called metal dogs <laughs> i think yeah metal dogs um, you got me just with the name. It's... all One of the
1: game genres that we didn't talk about is called roguelikes. They're, um, essentially, it's a game that doesn't really have an end. You just kind of play until your character yes. dies. And then you restart and you play it and you gather different things to build that character up again.
0: Anyway, in this game,
1: the characters that you're building up are dogs um, with various machine guns attached to their backs, rockets <laughs> attached to their backs, and you're just running around this... Almost like a Diablo-esque dungeon, shooting big old bugs. I think and Ants tanks and stuff. And I have no idea. Games. But you're a corgi with a friggin' rocket launcher on their back, so it's it should be fun. What's not
0: <laughs> to love? You're a cute little yeah. dog. It was sound great. It would sound absolutely wonderful. What about you, any games coming out this year? <sighs> so, there's a game called uh, Outer Worlds. I believe it is. Um they have a sequel to that. It's a, you know, sci-fi going and journeying, seeing other planets, I uh, played the first one kind of just randomly. It was on steam for sale. And I said, eh, that looks pretty interesting. So I'll give that a try. Um, loved it. I thought it was, the writing was great. The, the art was fantastic. Other games, you know, you, Clary and I are still playing through divinity Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so hoping to finish that, Look forward to be, uh, <laughs> looking forward to beating it. Um, but one that you know, Divinity Two, we could play over and over again. I feel like because it's there's so many different things to try, different classes, different combinations. But there's Baldur's Gate Three, which is made by the same group, with even more different opportunities, more different combinations, um, set in the world of D and D. So I'm excited to try that. But there is also a new pseudo Pokemon game coming out called Koromon. <laughs> um, it looks silly. It looks weird. It definitely looks like they're going back to the old school art. Um, but that caught my attention just because it's you know there's there's something to enjoy about playing games where you are you know a thirteen year old walking around having animals fight each catching, other. Catching yeah catching creatures and making them fight to <laughs> death. <laughs> it's sick and twisted, but it's fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, you, you've said it before. There are just so many games always coming out that the beautiful thing about the hobby is there's never a shortage of things to play or go back and play. Someone's always
1: translating their creative idea, their story to a virtual graphic world. So, you know, video games are not going to end anytime soon.
0: And that's having access to more and more every single day. I mean, you said emulators uh, being able to play these old school games on newer hardware. But then also, I mean, things like randomizers. Being able to play Pokemon Blue yeah. and all of a sudden... With
1: this new gimmick. Yeah. These crazy things.
0: Always exciting. Always enjoyable. But always slightly stressful. Always That's slightly stressful. part of
1: it, though. You, you you Because it's not real life, you want it to stress you out a little bit. You want it to give you some sort of problem to solve. That's what you're there for. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good point. Good point. Well, here we are, folks. Another end to another episode. I would like to start by saying thank you once again, Tucker. Uh, It has been a pleasure talking to you and hearing your thoughts and feelings.
1: You're welcome. It's been great. Uh,
0: I hope you had fun recording this with me, and perhaps you will come back and joining me again.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, we have, like I said, we're going to talk about Tales with Clary. Yep. Uh, no shortage of video games mm-hmm. that we can talk for a while
0: about. Oh, and I'm sure we'll we'll be on here talking yeah. movies and comic books and things like that. I mean, we got we got to talk about the new uh, Moon Knight show. Mm-hmm. It's coming out here in March, actually, right around your birthday. But the video game hobby is vast and varied. There are games coming out for just about everyone. There's games already out for everybody. It is so widespread. There are pockets of the community that can be rude and toxic, but in my experiences, the connections built can become some of the greatest friendships. And just all around a wonderful time. If you like what you heard, please feel free to like this episode and listen to others that I've posted. Share the joy of your turn with friends and family. You can also check out pictures and updates I post over on my Instagram, at z.a. underscore your turn. Feel free to drop me a line or a comment and let me know what games you have been playing or are interested in hearing about. It has been a pleasure talking to you about our experiences and these wonderful topics, and I'll be back in a few weeks with another episode. As always, I've been your host, Zachary Anderson, and this has been your turn. And now it is your turn to play some games and have some fun. Be safe. Have a good one, y'all.